0: sleep. So go to MyPillow.com or call that number on your screen now. Use your promo code and you'll get my standard MyPillow for only $19.88. For a more custom fit, my premium queen, only $24.98. Or my premium king, only $29.98. This is a limited time offer, so order now.
1: What a fantastic sale. Use the code word Kate. It helps the show. You can get up to 90% off right now. Take advantage of it. Stock up for Christmas. So many deals that Mike is doing, and it also helps expose election fraud. Thanks. Balance of nature's fruits and vegetables in a capsule, changing the world one life at a time.
2: I do like the product. I do feel like uh, I got a little more energy after taking it. And other than that, the product, I've tasted uh, I'm pretty impressed with it, really. It
1: affects me in a good way, actually. Uh, I feel a lot better. I feel with more energy. I feel like I just, you know, like I felt years ago, and that's what I wanted, uh, you know, I'm 44, so I wanted to go back to 20, and uh, kid you not, it's it's an amazing product, and that's why I I didn't want to let go of it. I
2: love it, and I'm sure she's going to love it as well.
1: Start your journey to better health with Balance of Nature right now. Call 1-800-2468-751. As a special holiday offer, get $25 off plus free fiber and spice with your first preferred order of fruits and veggies. This offer can end at any time. Call or go to balanceofnature.com and use discount code KATE. Guys, use the code word KATE.
0: At last, the Constitution is finished. But if a super-duper big tragedy happens, this entire document goes out the window. Said no founding father ever. The Kate Daly Show starts now. Before we begin, since this is Aunt Bethany's 80th Christmas, I think she should lead us in the saying of grace. Oh, Oh, grace. What, dear. They want you to say grace, the blessing. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands. One nation, indivisible, with liberty, with liberty and, justice and justice for all. Amen.
1: Amen. Amen. Oh, I love it. One of the best scenes from Christmas Vacation. Uh, (laughs) Aunt Bethany, good old Aunt Bethany. Uh, welcome back to the last hour. We're live. I'm back from vacation. I'm going to say I'm, so I don't include Uncle Milty. Uncle Milty didn't go on vacation, but you kind of <laughs> had to. Uh, so welcome back, and of course, happy to have you. We're hitting uh, 17.5 uh, million right now, and it's just so crazy to me. Thank you for sharing this show and all the topics we peruse on the show. Really appreciate you. I'll be on Alex Jones tomorrow. You can catch that live. And, uh, of course, on Thursday, Dr. Carrie Madej. Chris Ann Hall on Thursday, and uh, just wonderful guests this week. Um, Loved having Dr. Duke Pesta in the previous hour. And now, of course, we're going to have a wonderful guest who we've had on before, which I love, and that's Dr. Kevin Gutzman. How are you? I'm very well. How are you? I'm so, I'm good. I'm good. I'm so glad that you're on with us because uh, I love your books, and uh, you. I, I have to say, let me tell people just a little bit about you. Um, we've had you on several times. They can pull up podcasts on some of the other books you've written, uh, but let me just say this: uh, New York Times best-selling author of five books, including Thomas Jefferson: Revolutionary Radical Struggle to Remake America, History Book Club selection, and you're also a professor, former chairman of the. The Department of History at Western Connecticut State University, faculty member at libertyclassroom.com, hangs out with, uh, you know, Tom Woods and Ron Paul, those guys, and uh, let me say this too holds a bachelor's degree with honors uh, and a matter of public affairs degree and a law degree from the University of Texas, and of course, um, as well as a PhD from the University of Virginia. Now, this new book. Is really uh, it's this is really interesting I mean really kind of a neat uh, a neat thing that you're pursuing, and that is the Jefferson Madison and Monroe years in um, occupying the White House and you were you kind of uh, look at what Clinton had two terms Bush had two terms Obama had two terms so we're going to talk about both um, because each of these presidents had their had their two terms correct I love this
2: that's right those are the only those are the only times in american history we had had three straight two-term presidents right but the difference is that jefferson madison and monroe were from the same party and in fact were from the same state and any two of them would have been the best friends who've ever been president so james madison and thomas jefferson were each other's best friends in the whole world and interesting james monroe was both Secretary of War and Secretary of State, at the same mm-hmm. time under Madison, he had been also Jefferson's law student. Oh, wow. So, the three of them followed a common program for 24 years, mm-hmm. essentially implemented the entire thing. Some of it was a huge success, mm-hmm. ongoing success even now. And. Some of it was a terrible disaster, which we can talk about if you wanted to.
1: I do, actually. The book is called The Jeffersonians, The Visionary Presidencies of Jefferson, Madison, and Monroe. And having Kevin on, let me just tell you, um, uh, Dr. Gutzman, um, basically what we're going to be doing, too, is talking about how and why this is so important today and how and why we need our history and to understand what they were going through, how they were perceived, what, what was going on with their I- ideology, um and uh, like you said, successes and failures. And this is this is neat because people haven't tackled this. This I don't. I've never seen another book like this.
2: Yeah, there actually, uh, amazingly, there has never been a book on this particular subject. So it was the only two Jefferson times in history been a popular subject with mm-hmm. book readers and with book authors and Madison has since the late 1980s been especially popular among scholars um there's not another book on these three guys and their administrations it, their successes and failures so yeah what well, those 30 years I am feeling a big like. gap yeah. in the scholarship. Yeah. I
1: love that. I love that because uh, there's a lot to learn. And, you know, I go back in time and, and you, you're, I remember you saying something on an interview about the fact that Jefferson um, talked about a revolution in 1800. And here we had just solidified the beginnings of America through the yeah. <laughs> constitution. And so, so why tell, tell people why that is, what, what was he talking about?
2: Well, what he said in retirement was that the revolution of 1800 was as real a revolution in the principles of our government as that of 76 was in its form. And what he meant was essentially that when his party took over the government at the beginning of 1801, after winning the elections of 1800, uh, they, he thought, reverted to the true principles of the revolution. So... Hmm. There had been a revolution in 1776 that led to American independence, but as far as the Jeffersonian Republicans were concerned in the 1790s, especially under the leadership of Alexander Hamilton, the principles of the revolution had been betrayed. And mm-hmm. so Jefferson thought that what had happened in 1800 uh, was that voters finally got sense and decided to vote Federalists out. And of course, there's something a bit egocentric about uh, Jefferson's appraisal of things. Uh That, that, That wasn't uncharacteristic of him either.
1: Right, right. It is kind of interesting, though, because I think people are just under this assumption that everybody understood the the the, the principles of liberty, um, not just freedom of liberty, and then also that that people were on board. But but people still had their lives under you know coming from lives under kings and <laughs> dictatorships and things like that. Just like right now, when we talk about immigration, we talk. The founders were really concerned with people adopting the ideas of what America is supposed to be um and our constitution but even in this time it was it it wasn't as um easy i think we i think looking back we kind of go well everybody must have wanted it and must have understood it but that's not true i think there was a lot of course correction that people had to do with their own ideologies right to try to adopt this
2: well that's true actually i think you've put your finger right on the main issue in the 1790s which was that the jeffersonians and hamiltons Federalists understood the revolution differently. The Jeffersonians thought that it had been about establishing a new kind of society with a new kind of government, and the Hamiltonians thought that it had been about establishing a powerful central government of our own. So Mm. Hamilton uh, tried to assimilate the American government and American society, especially the economy, to the British model. and the Republicans called themselves Republicans, of course, because they took this to be monarchical. And um, ultimately, as Jefferson said, the voters opted for the Jeffersonians.
1: Mm-hmm. As far as Jefferson, Madison, and Monroe, how closely did we follow the Constitution? How closely did all of that occur under the presidencies? Because I would look back and I'd go, well, we probably followed it pretty closely, looking back in hindsight right here with the goggles of 2022. But I'm sure it had its issues, too. How closely was it aligned? Uh,
2: well, there actually, there were people in Jefferson's Republican coalition who were even greater sticklers for the Constitution than Jefferson was. And so some of them were particularly critical of James Madison, mm-hmm. Jefferson's secretary of state, didn't want him to remain secretary of state, didn't want him to succeed Jefferson as president, blamed him for measures of the government they didn't like. You're right. If yeah. one is cynical enough or suspicious enough of government, mm-hmm. one can I am. find <laughs> something to criticize in basically anybody in government. Yeah, yeah. well, i'm I'm generally suspicious of government too, yeah, but um some of these people were uh, shall we say uh impossible to please or yes, another way sure. of putting it is that uh, I think of Jefferson's cousin John Randolph of Roanoke, who was House Majority Leader when Jefferson became president and The expression "more Catholic than the Pope" comes to mind. How funny! More Jeffersonian than Jefferson.
1: Wow! You know, it's it's interesting because looking back at this time, what would I give for when I look at because we were kind of aligning Clinton, Bush, and Obama back to back, all had two terms, right? And when I look, what a hot mess!
2: Nothing in common. Yes. Different parts of the country. Right. They had different outlooks. uh, Clinton was kind of a squishy moderate mm-hmm. Southern Democrat. Oba- um, Bush comes from a family that's from Connecticut, and he's a neoconservative. Yeah. And then Obama was uh, a left-wing Democrat, right? Yeah. What did the three? What did any two of them have in common? Yeah. Basically, nothing. Nothing. And but again, they all furthered everything. On the other hand, these three guys, my book is about, agreed on all the major principles. That's so. interesting.
1: Yeah, because I I don't think they would recognize the America Clinton Bush and Obama. Um, enveloped during their presidencies I don't think Jefferson Madison or Monroe could even envision that we would go f- so far off do you
2: well you mentioned that my previous one of my previous books is called Thomas Jefferson revolutionary and mm-hmm. that book is about Jefferson's political principles it's not a biography it's right an examination of his chief principles the first chapter the longest chapter is about federalism mm-hmm. which Jefferson thought was more significant Um, than freedom of speech, freedom of religion. Basically, the idea that decisions like that had to be made at the state or local level uh, was more important to him than the the baseline um, individual liberties. In other words, he thought decentralization was essential if average people were going to be able to affect their government because virtually nobody would be like him, be able to be a governor or right. secretary of state or something. So he, he thought decentralized government was essential. and It was... The main reason why America's government su- revolution succeeded and France's- France has failed. In fact, mm. at one point he said the reason why the French revolution failed, he said this in a letter to a friend of his, was that the French adopted the principle of, he used the French, un et indivisible, right? Which means one indivisible right well Mm -hmm. you may may recognize those words right yeah so Mm. uh jefferson thought that was foreign it had been the reason why the french revolution led to a bloodbath all over europe and fortunately the americans had not fallen for that idea
1: Mm. we'll be right back with dr kevin guzman and the book of course the jeffersonians the visionary presidencies of jefferson madison and monroe will be right back don't go anywhere
0: Talk lines are open now. Call 888-673-1450. This is the Kate Daly Show. Hi
1: there. Welcome back. We're live today. We're back from vacation. I'm back from vacation. (laughs) Milty corrected me. I didn't go on vacation. Okay, I'm back. I'm back from vacation and uh, so happy to be live today and I uh, appreciate you listening in. Of course, uh, get over to balanceofnature.com. I can't say enough about this product because it's that great. Look, I know that a lot of people you could be struggling with winter weather um, <laughs> uh, illness, right, or flus or colds or little bugs you get, whatever, whatever the case may be. But let me just say that you can keep your immune system healthy, and there's a great way to do it naturally, and that is through so many fruits and vegetables, 31 of them a day. And what they do is they take the air and water out and give you the nutrients, uh, the phytonutrients of those fruits and vegetables that are non-GMO. They don't have any chemicals on them. They're just fantastic and they grow their own balance of nature is the best product I know of. And you know me, I'm going to do a lot of research and I did, and I'm a research hound. And this was the only product that checked all the boxes and then more. And then I was just surprised because it just, it just keeps delivering, which is amazing. And, uh, you're going to get the health benefits from taking BalanceofNature.com, and it's going to increase your immune system and you're going to feel a lot better. And once you start taking it, give it about a week and a half, you're going to notice it. You won't have any more blah days. Gives you that energy. And when you're going for the caffeine. Don't drink the caffeine. You've got the energy right there. Balanceofnature.com, code word Kate, K-A-T-E, and uh, you'll get up to 35% off, free shipping. They'll ship it out today, tomorrow, and you'll have it immediately and start taking it because you really do need to kind of shore yourself up right now. Uh, Balance of Nature is awesome. We have uh, Dr. Kevin Gutzman who's on with his book, and this is so this is really great to go into history and really analyze and look at history and what it has to offer us even right now, which we'll talk about. He's got this new book and nobody's tackled this in which I'm, I'm actually kind of stunned by that. We had uh, three presidents, Jefferson, Madison Monroe, and Monroe, each had two terms. And this really talks about the visionary presidencies of these three individuals and the ups and downs and everything else in between. And then, of course, we had the Clinton, ugh, Bush ugh, and Obama, ooh, um, all three together, the same exact thing. Only two times in history that that's the, the two term uh, thing has happened three times in a row. Correct, Kevin?
2: That is correct. Yeah.
1: Yeah, and so let's let's. Uh, you wrote this book. You wanted people to understand more about these three. What sticks out to you the most when you're discussing? this? Oh boy, this? I know that's hard.
2: Well, that's there's hard. There's a certain there's a certain respect for the individual citizen that's mm-hmm. reflected in the Jeffersonian idea that the central government ought to have a limited role. It ought to have the defined role that was established by the Constitution, and that most governmental decisions ought to be made at the state or local level. And it, all three of those guys, Jefferson, Madison, and Monroe, thought that well, if it were a close call, whether an issue ought to be handled by the government or by private individuals, then mm-hmm. it certainly ought to be handled by private individuals. So what this amounts to is that people had a totally different outlook on these questions. Nowadays, there's a certain tendency I think in a large part of uh the american electorate to say we have name your problem so what is the president going to do about it right right yeah. uh, we we need a new stop sign at the end of my street what is mm-hmm. the federal government going to do about it <laughs> so true and this is the opposite of the way those guys uh, imagined it and it, this is not just an academic point if the central government is deciding more and more questions that means average people have less and less, say, over the way their own lives are shaped. Yeah. On the other hand, if you decentralize things, then more and more of what affects you can be decided by you and your neighbors. Yeah, so it nice. really is an important issue. It really is a matter of how democratic the society is, not just do we all vote for president, but mm-hmm. do we get to make most of the decisions that affect our houses, our kids, their schools, the roads in our neighborhoods (laughs) uh, for ourselves and along with our neighbors. I wager that most people who are hearing this haven't even thought about the question, what would my neighbors think about public policy question X, Y, or Z? And that's because we've now been taught to think, well, these matters are for the president. And Um, presidents, people who run for president commonly make all kinds of promises about (laughs) affecting our day-to-day lives in new and marvelous ways. Mm-hmm. And, of course, they end up spending a lot of government money, but fewer and fewer the problems seem actually to be solved. So, so it seems to me that the model of government that Jefferson, Madison, and Monroe had in mind uh, is preferable. And that's why I start the book with a lengthy consideration of Jefferson's first inaugural address, where he laid out the public policy principles that his administration would be founded on and then you see through the rest of the book that madison and monroe follow the same principles yeah yeah so it's 24 years of, right. of very similar government and by the end of it the federalist party the opposition has essentially ceased to exist people are so satisfied with what jeffersonian republicans are doing
1: Mm, and sadly we'll have um uh presidents uh like uh king fraud biden who will gladly take on the you know gladly take on this role with no authority to do these things that people ask him to do when you talked about the stop sign let's go for the federal government they would gladly like to get involved and gladly like to um you know expand on executive orders and back in the day that wasn't uh that that was something that was how would you describe executive orders back in the day i mean jefferson knew the role of president knew what he, knew what he could do and what he couldn't
2: well that's exactly right you yeah. nowadays we're kind of used to the idea and actually the biden administration has given us new i mean the biden, yeah the biden administration mm-hmm. has given us new illustration of the vector that this is on when the president just announced that what, half a trillion dollars worth of federal student loans were just going to be forgiven? Yeah. yeah. Where did he get authority to do that? <laughs>
1: he doesn't have and, it.
2: <laughs> why Why should there even be federal student loans in the first place is another interesting question. Why couldn't yes. that be handled at the state or local level? Right.
1: They've they baited anyway, health care uh, and everything else. So the feds, you know, well, truly. yes. Truly stepped and in of course, freedom.
2: people have the idea that if the if the federal government provides for these mm-hmm. things, mm-hmm. then the, the quality will improve. Mm-hmm. It seems impossible to demonstrate to people that, no, actually, when you put the government in charge of things, uh, the quality doesn't improve. Right. But right. Um, this was taken for granted by our ancestors 200 years ago that that, that would not work and it would be far preferable, mm-hmm. again, to have a decentralized government into interact with one's neighbors, one's community, to make those kinds of decisions.
1: Right. The America that we were meant to have, uh, instead of this one that I don't even recognize this country. There's a there's a phrase, um, you know, that the Constitution is hanging by a thread, okay, or completely ignored, or they follow 1% of it, um, or 10% of it. What's your estimation? Because you're one of the biggest connoisseurs of this era, the Constitution. <laughs> You've written so many books on this subject. Um, and the, by the way, the reviews are great, by the way, on this book. What, what would, how would you define where we're at today and where we were at then with the Constitution and the idea of what America was supposed to be? How far off are we right now?
2: Well, I, I think people aren't really even instructed in the way the Constitution is supposed to work hmm. So there's a lot of attention given to the chief executive again, who, of course, is just supposed to be the executive. He's not supposed to be the chief right. policymaker or our universal representative. Yeah. But This is the way that people have come to think the government was supposed to work. And that seems kind of normal. And, you know, we can think about the question, well, how did that come to be? Why? Why is it easy? One answer Mm -hmm. is, of course, that it's easier to have every network and every major newspaper have a reporter at the White Mm -hmm. House than it would be for each of them. To have people up on Capitol Hill or in their state capitals, right? Uh, trying to keep track of what those people were doing. It's easier to have one power center mm-hmm. where the focus is on one person. But of course, having one power center where the focus is on one person is the opposite of. And the Jeffersonians called themselves Republican, Mm -hmm. and the reason they did that was that they were making an insinuation about their opponents, which was that they were monarchists. Ah, Mm -hmm. they weren't interesting. Most of them weren't out-and-out monarchists, but some of them actually did say that they thought eventually we'd have to have a monarchy. But uh, the point is, if you think that the government should be one that leaves you free and Mm -hmm. takes less of your money and and essentially the main points uh, of government responsibility are handled competently, then you have to be personally involved in this. That's another point that the book shows that people in the early 19th century had in mind that um, there should be widespread public participation in deciding the way things work. Now we just kind of take for granted that, well, uh, it, it, should be decided centrally. In fact, people get angry if, for example, the Supreme Court says, Question X, question Y, or question Z that over time the courts or the Congress have been deciding. Really, those weren't supposed to be for the federal government. We're doing it from now on, we're going to leave those up to the states to decide. Mm -hmm. People get angry and go out and march in the streets over that idea. Can you imagine? (laughs) We want nine unelected, unaccountable, politically connected lawyers meeting in secret (laughs) in Washington to decide these important questions, and we're very angry that that's not happening anymore. That is so true. Totally, totally contrary to the Jeffersonian way of thinking about government that is so
1: true had the media not been bought and sold like they are and had we had you know just honest journalism uh, that wasn't bought and paid for by the Pentagon if we, in other words could they sell what they're selling right now to the American people just like what you were talking about in the in in this weird idea of let's March because the states have rights I mean could they have done that if the media wasn't selling it to us for the last 100 years or, or so uh, 70 years could they have gotten away with this?
2: That's an interesting question. It reminds me of a Jefferson quote. He said uh, a person who had a choice between. Reading the papers mm. or not re- and not reading the papers right. would probably know more if he chose not to read the papers <laughs> because so the true. papers, he said, were just full of untruths. Yeah. He didn't use the word untruths, but right. anyway, uh apparently there's nothing new about that. So right. people go into journalism, which doesn't pay that well and isn't very prestigious mm-hmm. because they hope to influence people. Yeah, yeah, and that
1: Tell hasn't changed. Feel. That's so true. That is so true. And it's a battle we all must must be able to look through and be able to fight because um, I wish people would just turn off their their nightly news. Their nightly news and their state is all the same. You know, mm-hmm. we've played videotapes of them all saying the exact same story word for word. It's sickening. Yeah, um, amazing, so, it? yes, it is. So I, I don't know. I don't think they could have gotten away with uh, getting us to a place in 2022 had the media not sold it so eloquently and sold us these these pack of lies. But we have about 30 seconds. The Jeffersonians, the vision, uh, visionary presidencies of Jefferson, Madison, and Monroe. Um, get this book. I think getting this book and understanding what the idea actual idea of america was and what they really tried to do during this time because of course when you got to clinton bush and obama they all had the same agenda in the back room but then but then on ideas they all you know went on the you know we're so different yet look at the agenda that moved forward crazy so um on that note um dr guzman thank you so much really appreciate time with be- you
2: I was very happy to do it. You're welcome.
1: Yeah, thank you. Um, always great. I mean, And the books are always fantastic. Yep. Love them. Keep them coming, because you're tackling things well, that other authors
2: haven't. I've never said this about any of my previous ones, but I honestly think this one is my best book yet. Awesome. Uh, the Jeffersonians. I hope people will agree with me.
1: Thank you, Kevin. Really appreciate it. Dr. Gutzman, thank you. All right. We'll be right back.